With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe-Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lock-away channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pampers Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. Cece Meadows has survived a lot. Ovarian cancer, domestic abuse, a period where she and her kids were homeless. Today, she runs a makeup line, Parados Beauty. And as you're going to hear in the telling of her story, all of that hardship and all of that struggle only doubled Cece's commitment to giving back. Cece shares how her indigenous roots inform her vision of beauty, the financial mechanics of fulfilling huge product orders, and how her retail partnership with e-commerce site 13 Loon and JCPenney catapulted Prado's beauty into profitability. Cece, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So Cece, you grow up outside of Yuma, Arizona, the eldest of four children, and you describe it as a pretty rough upbringing. Can you give me a sense of what that looked like and the lessons that you were growing up with? My parents were fairly young. I think my mom was 17 when she had me. My dad was like a cowboy on a cattle ranch. Um, he started working there when he was like 14. He didn't really have a lot. I remember my parents telling us like that we were rich in love because we had each other. And I think that that's like a normal thing that you say to kids like because you literally have nothing. My grandparents were a big, big part of my childhood growing up. I actually didn't even speak English when I went to kindergarten because I was raised you know, pretty much in my grandparents' home and they only spoke Spanish and like traditional Yoemi language. But I loved school because, you know, we had breakfast and lunch and then eat dinner at my grandparents' house. And it's always frijolitos and rice and squash. <laughs> I hated squash for the longest time because I ate it so much as a kid, but 
you know, we didn't really have a lot. It was really rough. (laughs) The way you tell it, I mean, it, it feels to me like your life sort of took off like a rocket ship in the sense that like a lot of kids who are living in homes that are under resourced school for you becomes a refuge and you do really well in school and school is a place where you thrive. You even become the first person in your family to graduate from college. You get big jobs out of school. You're making six figures working in finance. You get married, you have a baby girl and then things are going up, 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 up. And then you get sick. Tell me how you go from being a self-described successful person to being absolutely broke. Yeah. So I um, had just separated from my first husband. I got married super young. I was 21 years old when I got married, divorced, you know, or separated at 25, between 25 and 27. Like I continued working in finance and being successful and learning how to shuffle a co-parenting schedule with, with him. And he was great. He's always been great, but I started dating somebody after my marriage ended and it was great when it was great and it was awful when it wasn't. And so I'm a survivor of domestic abuse. And I feel like being in that relationship was just the kickoff of this domino effect of just unfortunate circumstances that started happening in my life. I'm diagnosed with ovarian cancer at 27. I've always had like women issues, menstruation issues. I would get ultrasounds pretty often and they were just following, you know, you get polyps and you get like cysts and things like that. They were following just one that just kept growing and they were just like, you know what, we're going to have to go in and and biopsy this like it looks like it's growing and so they caught it very early I'm super lucky but I did one round of chemo I didn't have the long-term like disability option to just stay home and so I went back to work you know I was wearing my scarves and I just was too sick to work and I had to stay home eventually and I just didn't have the resources to be able to live and so I did a going through remission. And then I, I had my son the following year. He was just a little bit over two months and I moved in with my ex and uh, he was an alcoholic. And I found myself holding a newborn baby, being kicked out of the house. And the only thing I could grab was, you know, a box of diapers that were by the door. And I didn't have anywhere to go. Ultimately, that led me to being homeless and sleeping in Walmart parking lots just because I literally had, you know, nowhere to go. How do you begin to pull yourself out? Oh, man, a lot of hope and a lot of prayer. I had a 2006 Supersport Monte Carlo and it had a moonroof on it. And we were sleeping in a Walmart parking lot. And it had just stopped raining and the clouds kind of opened up and you could see the stars. And, uh, you know, I'm holding my baby and uh, I'm looking at this moonroof and you could see the stars so clearly. And, And this is like in the Salinas, California area. And so it's like always foggy and you don't really get like a clear view of the stars. But I remember my little girl looking up and she was like, oh, look, it's the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper. And she just, you know, she was only five. And I always, you know, would talk to her about how we come from the stars. And and I remember her placing her little hand on my son. 
placed it on top of his head. I was holding him kind of like this. And uh, she looked at me and she said, Mommy, we're not really camping, are we? And um, I think for me, as a mother, there was no, like, other feeling um, to feel like a failure in that moment. And I thought to myself, she's watching me. She's watching what I'm doing and she's watching what I put up with and she's watching where I brought her. And, you know, kids are so resilient and you can like try to hide things from them, but there was no hiding that from her. And um, it was in that very moment that I decided that I needed to pull everything that I possibly could out of like myself, what I had left, what little I felt inside of self-worth and self-love. And I needed to really focus on that because what I was doing was I was allowing a life, you know, time of, you know, at 28 years old, I was letting 28 years of things just fester and not getting like the therapy that I needed for myself so that I could learn what had happened to me and why and how I needed to stop it with myself so that my children didn't have to suffer the way that I was at that moment. And so I ended up calling a friend of mine who was also having a hard time. And um, I asked her like, hey, where did you go? you know, to get help. I was ready to go stay like in a homeless shelter. And she was like, you can actually go stay with me at my, at my brother's house if you need somewhere to go. And, um, I remember all I had was my two kids and like a laundry basket that I kept in the back of my car. A couple of days just turned into us staying in an empty room that they had for a little bit over a year. And I started going to cosmetology school I ended up dropping out like 500 hours away from graduating because one of my former associates that I worked with in finance, he said, hey, um, Farmers Insurance is looking for trainers. And I ended up opening my own Farmers Insurance agency. I, I studied to get my Series 6 and do investments and things like that. It took off from there. An unbelievable story. <laughs> it I'm, is. I'm crying about it because it's been a long time that, you know, I actually like think about in detail about what happened. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads. What did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blowout barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size eight. And now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important. And it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. 
Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer. M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Cece, 2019, you launched Prado Beauty with brushes and with lashes. Why the decision to start there? After I went into remission, I actually like immersed myself in the beauty world because I had friends who worked at the mat counter and they came over, you know, and, and um, they really saved me, you know, they gave me a makeover at the height of me going through chemo. And I had like half an eyebrow hanging on and, you know, like three or four lashes. <laughs> and um, I remember them using their tools and the brushes, like, even though they were gentle, like, you know, makeup artists, it still hurt my skin. And I thought to myself, you know, what, how cool would it be like one day if I could design some makeup brushes that are so soft that it literally felt like clouds on someone's face. And um, I started just doodling and, and putting things down in like a notebook. I started doing makeup for kids at the Ronald McDonald house and just volunteering my time and a lot of the kids, like, you know, they don't have eyelashes. And I thought, how cool would it be if I designed a pair of lashes that had a thick enough band that they could, you know, you could put on some eyeliner and it wouldn't look like it was a fake lash. I started with makeup brushes and eyelashes because I was serving an underserved community. But then once I got into the beauty community, I realized that Dallas wasn't just going to be something that was going to serve one community. It was going to be a bunch of communities that were marginalized in that in that area. Part of that is your own identity as an Indigenous woman. Can you tell me how you identify? Yeah, so I identify as Chicana and Indigenous. And in what ways did you see a gap in the market for that community? Well, I mean, you would go to like Target or big department stores and buy clothes and you would see traditional tribal clothing, you know, designs and they're owned by white conglomerates and designers. Like they're not even made by indigenous or native American people. And they're making millions and millions of dollars off of traditional tribal designs. And you're thinking, where the hell is that money going? Cause it's not going to natives or indigenous people. And it was the same thing at New York fashion week. I went to New York Fashion Week one year and I wore a shirt that said strong, resilient, indigenous. And I had, you know, a, more than a few models ask me like, what's an indigenous? Like, what's indigenous? And I'm like, 
and I thought to myself, you know what? I can either get mad about this or I can make this like a teaching moment about what it means to be an indigenous person. Because at the end of the day, like Alicia, these people just really didn't know. So to take that opportunity and create Brados in a way that becomes an informational and education place where you're going to learn, you know, about indigenous peoples and indigenous culture. We make products for everybody. You know, it doesn't matter what your skin tone is. doesn't matter what your backstory is, who you are culturally or demographically. Like we make products for everybody, but while you're here, you're also going to learn about what's important to us and, and what needs to change. CC, make sure I'm getting this right. It takes four years for Prados to become profitable. 2019, you make about $17,000 in sales. By 2022, you're just over $1.5 million in sales. What happens in those years that the numbers are trending in that direction? Yeah, so when we first launched in 2019, it was just the makeup brushes and the lashes. And I started with $250. Like I had done a few makeup jobs. I took my $250 and I went and applied for a business license, secured my website on Wix. I ended up working New York Fashion Week. And I took that money and I put it into creating like the logo. I started working with indigenous designers. And then the following year, it was 2020. I think that year we made just a little bit over $100,000 in sales. I got the call about the JCPenney and 13 Loon partnership in 2021. And I literally fell on the floor and started crying, not just out of joy, but like scared because I was thinking to myself, like, I'm the first Chicana and identifying indigenous woman that would be in retail locations. I was just like, how the heck am I going to go from my D to C and my wholesale accounts to like casinos and gift shops and like boutiques to 600? Well, let's, let's talk about that because it actually creates a pretty interesting dynamic in terms of what you have to do in order to fulfill product order the gap between the money you spend mm -hmm. and then recouping that money. Walk me through that financial cycle. So my husband and I bought a prop, you know, a couple properties in 2017 and 2018. And we were thinking, how the heck are we gonna make this happen? And it's funny, like Alicia, I talk about this a lot, but at that time I had went to 12 different banks and 12 different like investment groups and things like that. And all of them told me no. And I would ask like, why? Like, this is a booming, like that we're this brand, like we're going to be a global beauty brand. Here's our numbers. Here's our projections. Like, this is the response. These are the reviews. Like, it was just astounding to me that they would tell me no. But one of them was really honest with me. And I said, like, can you give me some feedback of like why you're saying no to this? And he literally just said to me, like, I'm going to be honest. If you default on your loan and you've got two Native Americans on this eyeshadow palette, how am I going to sell this? And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the reason that you're not going to back this. So when we found out about the JCPenney 13 Loon deal, I already had it in my mind that we weren't going to get outside funding for this. And so we sold the property. We took that money and we just reinvested it 
into the business, you know? And we maxed out every credit card. Shout out to American Express. <laughs> they would call us on the phone like, hey, you just charged $50,000 on your card. Like, is everything okay? Like, are you going to have the money to pay this back? And and I would <laughs> tell them, I was like, look, I'm going to be honest. We're growing a business. Like, but yes, you will get, you know, the minimum payments for like the first six months. But I promise you, like, we're going to pay you back. And so it was hard bootstrapping. It was hard getting all those no's. It was hard doing all of those things. It was a lot of stress, but I mean, the end result is closing, you know, 2022 with $1.5 million in sales and being profitable. (laughs) Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th. At 6.30 p.m., we're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. I want to go back to your, you and your daughter at the Walmart parking lot looking up at the sky and your daughter saying to you, Mommy, we aren't camping, are we? When she watches you now, when she watches what you have built, not just the company you've built, but the life you have built for yourself, your commitment to giving back to your community, what do you hope it is that she sees, that she learns, that she takes away from this journey? I always tell my friends that Anissa is the journal of my success story. She is the literal pages of my success story. And it started with me wanting to be a better example to her. When she said that to me, it just reminded me that I also was a child at a time that was watching things. And I needed to end that cycle of watching things and normalizing things that were very traumatic. I dedicated my life to healing and I dedicated my life to teaching and to do more for others than I do for myself. And so to teach my children to do more for others than they do for self in a service type of way, but also always putting themselves first in their healing and in their worth is something that I feel is the greatest gift as a parent that you could give a child. Cece, such an incredible story. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua and me, Alicia Menendez. Paulina Velasco is our producer. Cochin Tashiro is our lead producer. Trent Lightburn mixed this episode. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram or tweet us at Latina to Latina. Check out our merchandise at latinatolatina.com slash shop. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, wherever you're listening right now. Every time you share the podcast, every time you leave a review, you help us to grow as a community. Hey. 
a little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author, Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.